Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, if you grew your hair out long... Would you be a bun guy, a braids guy, or just let it flap in the wind, man? Mm, this, is, this is a solid question. I think I just let it fly. I just let it flow. If I have beautiful long hair, I just like let got to let people see it. I feel like that's the way to go, too. Mike Conley is rocking the bun in this picture um, on Basketball Reference. I feel like... I feel like the man bun is not the way to go. I feel like you should just let your luxurious locks flow in the wind. I agree. It's a little different, I guess, if you're doing f- activity where uh, having hair in your face might be detrimental to your job, which might actually be what's going on with Mike Conley because he is shooting like garbage right now. Like he's, I think he's one one for the season. <laughs> one for the season. That's that's always good. That's always good. Nine for forty five, Mike. Now come on, don't hate on him. three for twenty. Oof, oof, oof. three point line. We're definitely going to talk about him here in our uh, weekly buy low and sell high segment. And, you know, week two is kind of a weird buy low, sell high segment because I feel like there's not a lot right now that's terribly obvious. Uh, th- you're you're going to get your buy lows and sell highs from people who don't know better this week, more so than any other week. Because, you know, we're going to mention Mike Connolly as a buy low. I think a lot of people might not sell you Mike Connolly for a low value here in week two if they know what they're doing. So, you know, see what you can get for these players. I think it's more of a – you're going to have to go a little bit with people who know what they're doing. Like you're going to have to go a little bit higher to get some of these guys than you you would probably like. But if you can make kind of a – a decent trade to move one of your play to improve one of your spots on your team that you desperately need. That's actually, you know, that's, that's better. If you make a, like a trade one-to-one and it's pretty close, but you needed a guard and Mike Connolly is now one of your guards. That's actually a big improvement for your team. So when we say buy low, it's really, really subjective, but these are the people that we think are more likely to be bought low or sold high based on their current performance. Would you would you say that's a good justification, Tyler? Yeah, and I think this is worth mentioning too, right? Like we're going to try to tell you how to get this player, maybe how to trade away this player, how to play into the fears of maybe another manager. Um, I think that's important too. Like if I'm trying to trade for Mike Conley, and especially if I'm trying to buy – low right and he's coming back with an offer of somebody a little bit higher i might go hey man like i i like mike conley he's he's really good but mike conley's 32 years old mike conley is on a new team and we'll talk a little bit about the stats of of that new team um and why they're a little bit down for mike conley but i'm gonna try to play into to the fears a little bit of somebody else because i feel like that's gonna help me get a little bit lower uh value than I would have otherwise, which is 
ideal, right? It's good. Yeah. And anybody like worth their worth their uh, value in fantasy basketball right now is not panicking, as we've said many many times before. Do not panic. And and some of these you know buy low sell high trades will end up being uh, someone who is panicking on the other end of your trade. But it's always worth trying. It's always worth giving it a shot. But before we get into it, I gotta do a little house cleaning. Tyler, um, coming, I believe, in the next week or two, um, this podcast feed is going to be expanding. And by expanding, I mean we are adding uh, other podcasts to the um, hashtag basketball family, and they will all be on this feed. So you'll still get your normal watching the boxes weekly podcasts that you always get you'll still get those early on patreon.com slash watching the boxes uh the quick hits will still be exclusive to patreon subscribers but you'll also get two other podcasts that will be done um you know every week every other week depending on the uh, time frame of those and they will be based on dynasty leagues and they will be based on um you know kind of a a meta discussion we do the weekly discussion there'll be kind of a bigger picture discussion uh podcast as well so those podcasts will be on this feed this feed's name will probably change in whatever application you're currently looking at but the heart and soul and the core of of watching the boxes will still be on your feed you basically have to do nothing other than you will get more content if you just keep listening to the feed and that will all be announced in next believe next week from hashtag basketball.com. So shout out to them. Um, check them out on the internet because they are very good and go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want to support the show. All right. House cleaning out of the way. Housekeeping house cleaning. I don't know. One of the two. Let's get right into it. Tyler. Let's talk about, we already started talking about Mike Conley. We might as well, uh, just jump right in on him since we've already started talking about him. Mike Connolly, probably one of the most obvious by-low candidates of the start of the season. Yeah, right. Only playing 25 and a half minutes per game. Um, obviously not making his shots. Um, I find it interesting, too, that him and Denver Mitchell are sharing the ball a little bit, which we kind of expected. Um, Mike Conley's adjusted assists, right? I talk about this stat a lot. It's basically how many assists, you know, you should have created rather not what you did create, but what you should have created based on your passes, like Conley sitting at five assists. Hmm. Um, so, so that number may trend down a little bit. Now, if he gets back up to like 33 minutes, right? Eight extra minutes a game. We're talking like probably five and a half assists, um, which is good. Steals aren't there yet. Um, yeah. So if I'm trying to buy Mike Conley and we'll talk about this, right? Mike Conley Annually a top, what, 35 player? Like pretty much every season. Right now, by hashtag basketball's rankings, ranked 266th. I mean, this is Not probably good. the easiest thing to do in uh, when you're looking for deals, when you're looking for uh, to, to sell high on a player that you have, is go to the percentages. I mean, this one's fairly obvious because he's just playing like trash. But like, percentage this is small sample size data right now so all of your uh thought process should think about these players reverting back to the mean which they almost certainly always do unless there's some sort of injury 
or some sort of drastic fall off due to age. Mike Conley, I don't think is old enough to have a drastic fall off uh, and shooting 20%. Now granted, he's usually like a 42, 43% shooter shooting 20% for, uh, you know, four games. Isn't crazy. It's bad, but it's not out of, out of the realm of possibility, obviously, because he's done it. And that's why, you know, we're looking at him as an, an as an easy target, as someone who's definitely going to be bumping up. But you you don't want to – you certainly don't want to give away a good player for Mike Connolly, but you also probably cannot give away a bad player from and get Mike Connolly either. Well, I think maybe we'll – perhaps we'll pick up this discussion once we get to our – our sell highs because I think, um, well, let's just throw it out there, right? Malcolm Brogdon is performing amazingly, right? Mike Conley was picked in the 30s or 40s. Malcolm Brogdon was picked in the 70s. If you could trade Malcolm Brogdon for Mike Conley, I'd do that 10 times out of 10. Like, that's the kind of deal I'm usually trying to make is like, hey, look at what Malcolm Brogdon's doing. He's doing awesome. I would do that not so much. Yeah, I I, I would do that in most. I'd do that nine out of ten times. And here's why there's a one, why it's it's not ten out of ten, Tyler. It's because right now, Malcolm Brogdon, who is one of our sell high candidates, and we'll we'll just we'll just get into it. Um he's playing so damn well. He's currently ranked eleventh in uh hashtag basketball's rankings here he is shooting 46 percent from the field he's a good he's actually a very good shooter so he's, he's usually averaging higher than that scoring 22 points and getting over 10 assists a game dude and a great basketball reference nickname you ready for this humble moses well that's not that is not his nickname at all that's terrible it's, dude his um, middle name is moses apparently which is awesome no one, no one knows that. No one cares. Um, but Malcolm Brogdon is... I don't know. I want people to call me Humble Moses. Don't hate. Maybe I'll start calling you Humble Moses. Humble Tyler. Mo- Humble Moses Tyler. Um, that you should change your Twitter name again to Humble Moses. No one would get it. No one would be in on the joke. No, nobody would. Except for our uh, dedicated listeners, Tyler. Um okay. Malcolm Brogdon is is playing incredibly, incredibly well. Here's two pieces. One, he's probably going to play better than he did last year. He's probably going to get better stats than he did last year. I actually think you can get somebody maybe even better than uh, Mike Connolly with Malcolm Brogdon, perhaps. Um, On the flip side of that, you've got to remember that Oladipo will be back on this Indiana team at some point in the next few months. So his usage rate is going to eventually go down. Ride that hot hand right now. But don't get too attached to getting 22 points and almost 11 assists from Malcolm Brogdon because it's not going to get – it's not going to sustain. So here's the the, the positive, right? Uh, Career high is 29.9, so basically 30 minutes a game. He's playing 35 so far. So that's the the big positive, right? And then you expect the stats to go up, right? But – 0.7 0.7 blocks when his career high is 0.3. Six minutes, not going to double your blocks. So that's bad, right? He's giving you one steal a game, which is basically in line with his career numbers. But when that block number goes down to 0.3 or 
that's a big hit, right? That three or four tenths of a block is, is a big hit. Um, I don't think Brogdon can keep scoring 20 points. I don't think he can. I mean, his career high in assists is 4.2. Like, what is he going to level out at? Like, maybe six? Like, this is your one chance to just really shoot for the moon because you mentioned it. He's ranked in the top 10, right? 11th, did you say? So, like, this is your chance to really shoot for the moon on Brogdon. Like, none of this stuff that I think he's doing is sustainable. You mentioned it when Victor Oladipo comes back. That's going to go down. But even before Victor Oladipo comes back, like, these stats aren't sticking around. Like, guys are just making a large percent of his passes right now. And that's good, right? That's positive for him. But that's also not sustainable and this Pacers team has not been good and they're just relying on him a ton. But yeah, I just don't really see the sticking around in any way, shape or form. So I honestly, if I own Brogdon, I'm trying to move him for any top 50 player for the most part. I don't think Brogdon is is a top 50 player. Do you? Mm, No, I, no, I really wouldn't put money on it. I think it's, there's a, a slight, possibility that he, he he could finish in the top 50 if his assist numbers stay up i think he could be seven seven and a half still uh even maybe with oladipo back in uh the rotation i just i i don't know if he's going to play 35 minutes the entire season right and the scoring is going to go down a little bit and there's just a ton of like guards that I would rather have other than him, like the Devin Booker's, Buddy Heels, Mike Connolly's, uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox. Like, there's, there's a, crazy a lot stat. of guards up there. You ready for this crazy stat? Here, his potential assists, meaning basically, I pass and someone takes a shot. Twenty a game, twenty percent or twenty a game. Sixty-nine percent of his passes, people are shooting right now. Uh, sustainable like that's impossible to to sustain and there's some really anyone yeah is there anyone else who's like even close Westbrook is 20 right now lebron james 19 and a half but when we look back at last season right the absolute highest number russ westbrook was at 20.8 but we all know why that was right i mean like he gets mad if you don't if you don't shoot the ball when uh, when he passes to you. Uh, the next best, LeBron James, sixteen point two, and everyone else well down from that. Um, there were four players. There were five players over fifteen. Top, yeah, you just missed two of the top players in the entire league, and then Malcolm Brogdon. Like, come on. Um, Rajon Rondo, right? We always talk about him being a fantastic assist maker. Last year, fourteen point eight percent, or fourteen point eight potential assists. Um, created and that 69 percent passes thing um nikola Jokic would be the only one who for last year was higher than that and there was only five players above 60 or six players above 60 my bad last year so that's all you're 60 to know yeah so those numbers just aren't sustainable for anybody much less a guy who's never really been a high assist player exactly i know they're you know putting a little bit more offensive uh power into his uh hands here but I, I just don't think it's sustainable he's going to see a significant uh decrease in in in, in probably in, in not in all categories right but i think he will see a decrease in most of his categories everything will revert back a little bit closer to the mean i just think he has a better season than he did last year i think he's going to be you know a very very good uh guard and he's going to get good 
assists, which is really positive because there's not a lot of assists going around. Uh, and to me, that's the only reason he's, he'll finish in the top 50. But there's plenty of guards out there like Mike Connolly, who, and like our next uh, buy low candidate. Um, though, if you can get this guy with Malcolm Brogdon, I would uh, shout out to you. Uh, Drew Holiday, currently ranked 137 in hashtag basketball's rankings. And, uh, you know, Drew just poor, a, a very poor shooting start to the season for Drew Holiday and also uh, has had a, a little bit of a knee issue that's kept him out of a couple games. So if you spin us end of a first round, early second round pick on this guy, you are probably pretty, you know, pretty unhappy. That's fair. It's fair to say. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for him, this one's pretty simple, right? Like, the assists are still there. The rebounds are still fine. They're still playing a ton of minutes in the two games that he played. Um, so, yeah, it's just he's missing his shots. And so there's nothing to be worried about here. And so, yeah, if I can buy him for buy him low for anybody outside the top two rounds, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm game for that. If I'm trading a third round player to get Drew Holiday, I'm in. Yeah, like absolutely, absolutely. And I think there might be a little bit of worry. I think the the uh, the narrative that you might want to play with Drew Holiday is that you got Lonzo, you got Brandon Ingram. They're taking a lot of the ball. They're not gonna. He's not gonna get enough of the ball. His usage is gonna go down. That's just not true. He's been injured and he hasn't been shooting well. And that's that. He's. I, I still think Drew Holiday is going to be one of the best point guards uh, come f- once the the season finishes. And you also have to look at our. And we normally don't have these flow well uh, this well into each other, Tyler. So I'm very impressed with our um, with our segues. Brandon Ingram is our other one of our other sell high candidates, and this one also seems. Really, really straightforward. He's currently ranked seventh overall in in the league in fantasy basketball, uh, shooting fifty percent, twenty seven points a game, nine and a half rebounds, three and a half threes, four point eight assists. Oh, the the positive for his rebound numbers, yeah, is they've actually been playing him as a five for large stretches of games. Um, which, you know, he's very tall, but he's very slender. Um, he's listed yeah. at six at six nine one ninety. I, I don't know um, how real any of that is, right? We, we talk about that all the time. I mean, the height should be real now because we made them adjust them, but the weights are are not super looked at but here's the problem with mr brandon ingram right this is not a guy who's like seeing some crazy minutes increase or anything right he played 33 and a half at 33.8 the last two seasons um now he is 22 so you could say okay well he's he's breaking out the problem is he's shooting 50 percent from three on seven attempts a game and his career high before this is 2.4 attempts a game. And he's a career 34% three-point shooter. So I don't think he became literally the best shooter in the NBA overnight. 
Don't think that's that's real. Nope. Um, his career high in rebounds is five, so he'd basically be doubling his career rebounding rate. I don't think that is real. His career high in assists is four, and you mentioned it. Drew Holiday's been out some. Drew Holiday's going to take the ball away from him a little bit. Um, he's averaging 4.8. The assists are about where they should be. His career high in blocks is 0.7, and he's averaging 1.3 blocks per game. And, you know, he's scoring 27 points, which if he scored over 20 this season, you know, maybe once Zion comes back, he's going to be taking significantly less shots. But he's up to scoring every year. He went from 9.4 to 16.1 to 18.3. Like, if he shot over 20 this year, that's not that surprising. But there's no way he can double many of those stats I talked about, like the rebounds, like the blocks, like the three-point percentage. Um, those things just aren't real. So that's not going to going to keep up. Um, I'm interested to see what you think. Where does Brandon Ingram finish the season? What is he ranked? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I think, um, obviously we have a long, um, I guess not that long of a time before Zion comes back into our lives. And, um, I, once Zion is back on this team, I feel like he kind of fits right into the Brandon Ingram hole like that that doesn't sound right uh the Braden ingram's position well that doesn't sound right either um that this team has like this kind of uh bigger guy but not a not a not a not a center but needs to play in that in that four or five area but like he's way 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 better um his usage like Braden ingram's usage is insane right now and i i, I do think like there's a place for him on this team as uh, minutes are going to have to probably drop down into like the 29 30 range at some point. So if they drop down to like the 30 range and he's like maybe a little bit better on a team that, you know, that's not the Lakers, but like 90, 90 overall. I mean, if the, if the other thing too is if the minutes stay high, he's going to be playing small forward. So he's not going to be grabbing those rebounds. Right? Like Zion's going to, right. Um, yeah. I, to me, I don't even know that he's a top 100 player. Is that crazy? Like I think he's kind of he's kind of right on the fringes there of that like 100 1 110 to 9 90 to 110 range. And so like man, I'm selling this guy for anything. I think I think people will you can convince somebody be like, "Listen, this guy's breaking out. He's number 7 right now. All I want is a top 50 player, right? All I want is Mike Conley. All I want is Kyle Lowry. All I want is I don't know. Name someone else. That's Tobias Harris. That is the perfect person. You you don't want the poor man's version of Tobias Harris, which is Brandon Ingram. You want Tobias Harris, who want Tobias Harris doing better <laughs> every single category than than Brandon Ingram. I I actually feel like Brandon Ingram's a really good um, a candidate to be in uh, kind of a two for two type of trade where you give two players of uh kind of in the middle and you get a higher one and a lower one but really that lower one is better than brandon ingram so you're actually getting two better players so you give kind of like a like a fifth round player and brandon ingram for like a third round player and a, like a seventh round player but that seventh round player is going to finish better than brandon ingram someone maybe you really like and then you kind of convince the guys like hey i'm giving you two starters for you know one 
You know, I'm basically taking one of your bench players. I'm taking one of Indy, you know, the guy's not that good. Uh, you're getting the two better players in this deal, when in reality, you're getting the two better players in this deal. I, li- I like kind of positioning him in that way. And and that's that's always kind of a smart way to do it because I find in, in my life, you know, two for two or two for three or three, you know, three for two trades, people have a lot more they have a lot more of a difficult time evaluating those than one for one, right? Like one for one, I can say like, okay, you know, this player is better than this player. But when two players get involved, a lot of players have a, a lot of fantasy managers have a hard time evaluating, you know, are they getting the better end of this deal or the worse end? Yeah. I like to, I kind of like to be like, am I getting the best player in this deal? If not, is this deal worth it? That that should be kind of your, your steps. Am I getting the best player in this deal? If I'm not getting the best player in this deal, what am I doing? Like, why am I? Is there a reason why I'm making this trade? And if I can, if I can overcome the the not getting the best player in the trade with that with a, a good reason, like, well, I'm not getting the best player in this trade, but I'm not giving up a lot, and I'm getting a guard when I need a guard. Okay, that's a good reason. Um, here's the other two things that that we should mention about both Brandon Ingram and Malcolm Brogdon. The last two seasons, both guys have been hurt for a large majority of the season. Or I should say that, a large portion of the season, right? Like Ingram last two years, 59 and 52 games. Brogdon, 48-64. So, you know, not only are they producing unsustainably, but these are two guys, you know, each of the last two years that have gotten hurt. And obviously that doesn't mean they're going to get hurt this year, but I'm not taking the chance of of a guy that I think are but two guys that I think are outside the top fifty when I could maybe trade for somebody inside the top fifty, um, especially given that checkered injury history is just another strike of like, man, what if this guy goes down next week? I'm very scared of Brandon Ingram's uh, history of of being hurt often. And he he had that like thoracic outlet syndrome thing like surgery and and that i think has to do with like blood clotting and stuff so like that's that's some scary stuff that's some scary real life stuff there is that like chris bosch-esque type of thing i don't know i'd have to look more into that i'm not not exactly sure how how to how similar those two things are but um yeah his injury wasn't just like you know some broken toe a broken arm right like anyone can recover from that his thing was uh fairly serious that's nasty. Um, I think, you know, the rest of our buy lows and sell highs are pretty straightforward. Uh, let's let's knock out these sell highs. Uh, Nikola Vujovic, currently ranked 136 in the rankings. He's shooting poorly. He's shooting 33%. But he's still getting you um, rebounds. Like all the, like the rebounds, almost a three a game. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple assists, a steal. And his blocks are a little bit down, right? But it's 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 been three games for Vujovic. Absolutely three games. I think this is a guy that people were um, very, very surprised that he had a breakout season last uh, last year. Not Tyler. Tyler, you had that in your bold predictions. Uh, but he broke out even further than your bold predictions, being a, basically a top 12 player last season. Um, he was getting a steal, a block, and a three a game. That's still incredibly reasonable for him. And that percentage is going to swing back up to the mean. He He's averaged over 50% in all but 
two of his um, seasons since 2012-13 season. So, um, and here, and I mean, what's, what's happened, the Nothing. Like he's a top, he's a top thirty player, pretty much no matter. Well, I shouldn't say no matter what, right? But he's a top. He's definitely a top fifty player. As long as he's healthy, he's definitely a top fifty. And there's ninety percent chance he's going to be a top thirty player, in my opinion. Um, Great. And if this, here's the other thing to say about this. Like, if this stretch happened in January, no one would notice. Like, if he was shooting, you know, fifty and a half percent, and then he dipped to. 49 because he had three crappy games in a row in January. Nobody would be blinking an eye, right? And that's the other important thing to remember is like this sample size is so tiny. So here's the thing. If Vucevic, you know, he's shooting like 16 shots a game. If he goes out and goes like 12 for 16 in the next game, he's up to like 45%. That fast. So it's like don't don't panic, and if you can buy low, do it. Like this, I think this is a guy that doesn't have a lot of name recognition. He um, had one kind of like what people would consider an outlier year, but when you really kind of dive a little bit deeper into it, he was playing more minutes than he ever had in his per minute basis. He is great. Even worst case scenario, right? He plays 30, 29, 30 minutes a game. He's still going to be like a top 50 player. So if you're getting anyone, if you're trading him for anyone outside of that top 50, or even on the fringe of that top 50, uh, you're getting a pretty good deal here, especially if you're in a roto league, because the percentages are great and he does everything well across the board. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, I, I, I personally would just, you know, anybody around the 50 mark or lower, especially if I needed a big, go ahead, go all in, like go ahead and grab him. I think it's, it's, it's an obvious choice. And it's it's hard for me to convince you like what to sell here, like what to what to sell the other manager on because Vucevic's still young, still really good. Um, you got to just hope that the the player, the person who drafted Vucevic, didn't really want Vucevic. Like it was kind of an accident that they got him. Look, um, the next guy on this list is I think an incredibly obvious one, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's been injured. Eric Bledsoe's got a, br- a cracked ass rib. Uh, he's got a cracked ass too. But that's a whole nother story. Here's the uh, uh, here's the funny part. So the when he got injured during the preseason, he hurt himself during a preseason game. Um, he was expected to miss the first week of the season. So he actually gave you stats that he wasn't even supposed to give you. So if you got Bledsoe, don't panic. If you can trade for Bledsoe, great. He's finally probably just getting back to full health right now. Um, and we've seen Bledsoe be underrated for the last couple of years, like Bledsoe, another guy, really good, top 50 player. Um, good rebounds, good assists, good steals, good points, threes, you know, shoots good percentages. Yeah, I mean, I want Bledsoe on my team. Another great Roto player. I think uh, he was going outside of the top 50 a lot in drafts, and I, I think maybe whoever drafted him might have been also got him on accident or got him because he was the last guard left. And is looking at him and going, what the hell's going on here? Why is he only playing 25 minutes a game? He only played 29 minutes a game, like 29, 30 last year. So maybe, you know, they're trying to take him back a little bit. Maybe he's not going to play this much this year. Uh, I don't even know if he's that good. He, he wasn't in the top 50, so screw him. Get rid of him. If you need a guard with good percentages across the board, especially steals, Eric Bledsoe. Um, I wish they would actually just kind of rest him so he would be actually fully healthy, like, sooner than making him play through a cracked freaking rib. But that's a whole 
another story. The last buy low guy here that we have, um, Tyler, I don't know if you're on board with this guy, but I am. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, I've actually seen dropped in a, in a, in a 12-team league. No joke. He is playing like dog shit. Um, he is shooting 29%. Jesus, that's lower than I thought it would be. Seven points a game. He's got a little over a steal and a block a game, so those counting stats are there. Um, this guy's a – listen, I don't think this guy's going to break out. He's still got a somewhat potential to break out. He is still pretty young, but he's Before. not the 153rd player in the league. He's definitely like a top you know, 80, 75 player for sure for the season. So there's no, just no reason to not go out and see what you can get for him. If he's under waiver wire, that's absolutely dumb. I agree. I mean, he's definitely a guy who should be owned in any league, even tenting league. He should be owned. Um, yeah, he missed his shots in the first three games, and he didn't really take that many too, which is strange. Like his minutes are down a little bit, but he just really didn't take that many shots. He's averaging eight field goals a game. He averaged thirteen point and at thirteen and a half last year, uh, almost fifteen the season before that. So I don't know why he's not shooting, but he's just not shooting. And I don't. I think that's going to figure itself out. We're living in small sample size theater right now. Like. It's going to figure itself out. This guy is someone who goes and gets buckets. Like he will go eventually get buckets. Maybe it turns out he's coming back from a twisted ankle or something's wrong with his knee. I don't know. There's nothing saying this guy can't still produce what he did, exactly what he did last year. But he's 24 years old. There's plenty there's room for improvement. And he's a top 100 player. You can probably get him. Uh, for cheap right now, and I think it's worth a shot. I think it's it's worth taking a swing on. Yeah, you, right, mean, you mentioned a couple guys here in your sell highs that we're going to get to that I would definitely trade. You know, if I could trade one of these guys for Aaron Gordon, it's something I'd probably do. That's the best deal I can get. Yeah, why not? Let's swing over to the sell highs, and a lot of these guys are just having super hot starts. Um, let's start with uh, Derek Rose. I, my one of the greatest players of all time in the history of the NBA, Derrick Rose. That's right, I said it. Um, shooting fifty-five percent from the field and ninety-four percent from the line. You do not have to be a mathematics wizard to know that Derrick Rose is not going to keep those percentages up. It's just not going to happen. And, and unfortunately for Rose now, like he just doesn't really give you much else. Like he, he shoots last year, he shot for Minnesota. He did shoot a really good field goal percentage and a, and a really good free throw percentage. They weren't as high as they are right now, but he gave you 18 points and four, 4.3 assists were fine, but the rest of the categories were bad. I mean, like one, three from a point guard is not great. 2.7 rebounds, 0.6 steals, 0.2 blocks. Like, he's an end of the bench player in a 12 team league. So if you could trade him for anybody in the top 100, including Aaron Gordon, that's something I'd want to be a part of. And Derek Rose has a ton of name value. So you might be able to get someone real good. If your league is um, not full of wise guys, like uh, how about someone, Oh, how about someone like Robert Covington ranked 143rd? You'd probably yeah. trade Rose Rose for Covington. Get get yourself a real nice, you know, top fifty type player um, for Derrick uh, Rose. Yeah. Really, I would trade him every day of the week. I think w- one of the things is that you might in your league have taken 
Derrick Rose off of a waiver wire. Now you're turning around and trading him. That's really hard to do because a lot of people will look at like, hey, I could have picked him up, so I don't want to give up anything for him. Like that's like a very common uh, reaction to getting offered someone who just came off a waiver wire. Uh, what I, I think Derrick Rose also could be good in a package deal or to someone in your league that doesn't have a good guard, like doesn't have assists. And so you can kind of sell him on that one. Dude, Derek, Derek Rose getting assists. Like he's getting six assists a game. Well, it's probably going to revert back down to like, you know, closer to four or five maybe. But you can sell him on these good assist numbers here early in the season and maybe get something of value back, you know, something – uh, that your team is maybe you need a big maybe they got a lot of bigs uh, maybe you don't have enough you know enough bigs but you have a bunch of guards I think that's a, that's a good move for Derrick Rose uh, let's also talk about Tristan freaking Thompson I think that's his nickname on uh, Basketball Reference if I if I remember currently forty one overall and I actually. I'm kind of interested in your take on Tristan Thompson, Tyler, because he's playing f- almost 34 minutes a game, shooting 60%, 19 and 12, which is something he can do, over a block a game, which I'm a little questionable about. Um, is is Tristan Thompson's playing out of his mind right now? I do think you can trade him. But are we seeing a, just like a weird Cavalier season where Tristan Thompson is going to be a lot more relevant than he was in the past? Uh, no, 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 no. no. I heard a lot of inflection on that, on that. No, 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 definitely not. Not going to happen. Um, so he is shooting a ton at the rim, uh, which is good for him because that's easy, easy shots for him to make. But his career high is eight and a half field goal attempts a game. He has some reason for this season shooting 15. I just don't think that he will get to the rim that much going forward, right? Like guys will keep him out of the paint um, a little better because he is not Zion, right? Like some guys like Zion can get away because they're just freak athletes of, you know, keep getting to the rim. Even when the, the defense is going, you're not getting to the rim. Tristan Thompson don't think has that kind of same athleticism. So if they start game planning that Tristan Thompson's going to shoot 15 times, Tristan Thompson will not get to the rim that many times. Therefore, his field goal percentage will go down significantly um, if he keeps shooting. So he will likely stop shooting. He's also making his free throws so far, which is not going to sustain. And he blocked 0.4 shots a game last season in 27 minutes. So do not expect him to block a shot a game either. Um, Dude's a walking double-double. So if you do need rebounds, I'm fine with you, you know, owning Tristan Thompson. Like, I would not at all be surprised if he averaged, you know, 12 a game, especially if he continues to play 33 minutes. Um, Other than that, the stat line is wholly unsustainable. So if I can sell him for a top 100 player, I am on board with that. You know, 14 and 12 is well within – uh, the realm of possibilities. But here are the teams he's played. The Chicago Bulls. They're trash. Absolute dog shit trash. Dumpster fire trash. Come on. Just like two weeks ago, they were going to make the playoffs. I heard it from your mouth. Mm, yeah, I don't remember saying that. I've uh, I blacked out during that time period. Uh, uh, the Chicago Bulls are the worst team in the NBA. And uh, they should fire their coach, their GM, and they should – Sell the team. They should sell the team, Tyler. 
Uh, they are absolute dog shit. They have lost three games in the fourth quarter when they were up by 10. Three. Three. Three games. Three full games. It's been about – I think they've played about four games, four or five games. Um, they've played the Bulls. They've played Indiana, who also looks kind of bad this season. And Miles Turner is a good uh, shot blocker, but you know, he's not known for his, like – you know, incredible rebounding. And, and Donna Sabonis is going to get ate up by Tristan Thompson. Orlando Vujovic is, is, is a very good rebounder. He's not as physical as Tristan Thompson. And they played Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez also not known for his uh, rebounding prowess. So they've, he's had a very favorable schedule so far in, in, in getting these, uh, in getting these kind of big games where they just keep going to like a little bit of a pick and roll with them. And he's getting a lot of uh, really good looks right next to the rim. It's it's easy to see a path for him to play 30-some minutes and just be like someone who's standard league relevant and kind of like an old-school Zach Randolph, perhaps. Um, but having like a couple blocks a game or like a, even over a block a game is, I think, absolutely silly to think that will happen. Uh, you're really looking at a points-rebounds guy. And if you need a points-rebounds guy, all right, cool. Keep him, keep him rostered, but... What he's doing right now, being ranked, you know, in the top twenty, uh, see what you can get for him. See if you can get anything for him. See if you can get another big for him. You know, replace him with a big who's not as good, uh, but you know, in the in the long term, he's going to, you know, produce better stats uh, across the board. Then Tristan, thirty-one of his forty-three games last season, he did not record a block. Yeah, that's all you need to know. That is all you need to know. Who else is on this list? All right, Danny Green. One of my favorite pickups. One of my favorite last um, picks in, in, in a lot of my drafts. See, I will say he's not a sell high. Not because what he's not what he's doing is unsustainable. Just I think he was very underrated. That's true. At the beginning, and now he's probably properly rated because people are like, oh, man, look, he's doing all this great stuff. Blah, blah, blah. He's a top 100 player. And I'm like, well, he was a top 100 player. Like, He's not going to score you know, as much as he is. He's not going to shoot 50% from three. But he, he's finally rated now, I would say. I finally think he's at the value he should be at. Just he was underrated to begin with, and now he's been bumped up to, to rated, not overrated. That's a, that's a really good call. I think you know his percentage – um, uh, rostered has gone up very significantly, which is, uh, I'm going to say just due to me. And he's now on people's radars though. If you go, if you have a group of people who look pretty much only at rankings, he's currently let's, uh, let's make sure I'm, 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 I'm correct here. Um, Danny green is currently in like the, he's currently 79, on hashtag basketball's uh, rankings, but I've also seen him in like the player Raider or Yahoo in the top 50. So um, depending on what, you know, format. But yeah. And each game it's going down a little bit because he had that freaking crazy first game where he just got super hot. Right. And scored a ton. Um, Danny green is a lot of things. A, a big time scorer is not, not one of those. No, he's definitely not a big-time scorer at all. But he does give you good steals. He does give you at least a consistent three and some decent rebounds. He's a great standard league player, but he's you know he's a top 100 player. He's not a top 50 player. He's not a top 20 player. So you know, depending on who's in your league and how casual they play and what they look at, if they're going by rankings, this is a guy 
then maybe you can swindle somebody based on the rankings alone. I'm with you there. All right, Tyler, do you have anybody else in the sell high uh, slate here? Uh, no, I mean, I think we, we about covered it. Um, I, I, I wrote an article for Fantasy Pros about buy low and sell high, and I said, you know, for me, this is the hardest week to actually make the deals because, you know, other people will say, oh, well, it's just a small sample size, and, and it's this and it's that, and, you know, this person's just having a cold start. And so it's it's really hard to do it, whereas I feel like when we get, you know, two, three, four weeks into the season and someone's not producing – the way they should people can convince themselves a little easier like oh man well maybe this guy is gonna have a bad season i'll just sell him off um another guy sell high maybe would be cody zeller he's ranked 39th um and a lot yeah. of those charlotte players are bubbled up there uh Devontae graham in the top 50 like if you could sell those guys for um significant value i would do that for sure and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of guys up there in the top 40 top 50 that won't even be close come the end of the year. Uh, I, it just like, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of uh, play with someone like Cody Zeller or Kendrick Nunn. Uh, oh, and, and there's also these players that I'm like kind of actually interested in. Like I kind of don't want to, I, I don't think they're going to be um, as good as they are now. Like, but I also don't want to sell high on them because I think they're going to be a good value throughout the season. Like what I'm going to get back for Kelly Oubre or OG Ananobi, I don't think I'm going to get very much back for them. So, um, one, selling medium, not not selling high, and then two, getting rid of a player that I actually kind of have faith in to be really solid or maybe have some decent upside. Uh, so those are kind of the players I'm not trying to sell high on, even though they are ranked in like the top 20, you know, top 30. And uh, by rankings, they probably should be uh, – uh, sold high on, but you're guys like Ingram or um, like we said, Brogdon, they, they, they actually have some uh, value based on how high they're ranked and also a little bit of name recognition. While we don't think those are, none of those people are sustainable. Those guys are like really, really unsustainable, especially like Brandon Ingram. Like that's something that's going to fall off so hard. Well, Kelly Oubre, he's going to fall off, but he's not going to fall off that much. And uh, I, I still think he ends up as a top 50 player. Oh, fair points. Definitely. Uh, thanks for joining us for Buy Low, Sell High. We'll be doing this every single week, your weekly um, primer. Uh, also, we will be doing your waiver wire, as we have done this week, and then your Buy Low, Sell High. This is our normal weekly schedule and i'm glad you are joining us i'm glad we're back in fantasy basketball season i'm really hoping everybody's doing great out there but we want to hear how you are doing feel free to get a hold of us on twitter you can find me at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts this w-a-t-t-s or you can hit us up on patreon.com slash watching the boxes where you'll get exclusive content including access to these podcasts before they are aired so you can stay ahead of your league because you're supporting the show and you're a loyal listener. Go check that out, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And we'll be back next week to get you prepared for week three. Have a good one, everybody.